0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of Boss Builder Podcast is brought to you by Boss Builders. Right now, if you are a manager and you are working at home or virtually, you're probably not able to do any professional development. That's where Boss Builder Academy can help you. We have a ton of lessons that are really designed to help somebody who is new to the role, somebody in the role and struggling, and even somebody who's thinking about making that transition to management. We highly recommend this program. We have a lot of companies that use it. Check it out on our website, thebossbuilders.com. It's also brought to you by Wisdom Tree Coaching. So right now, many of you might be struggling and would love to have somebody who could come alongside you and help you wrestle with some of the work issues that you are dealing with right now. We've partnered with Wisdom Tree Coaching for a while now. The beauty of that is the coaches there can work with you virtually. In fact, that's mainly how they work. So for more information on how you can connect with them, go to wisdomtreecoaching.com. Our guest today is somebody who is really not like the normal guests we get on Boss Builder Podcast, but I was introduced to David Roger a few weeks ago, and I thought he definitely needs to be on the show. David Roger co-founded Felix Gray, and they make eyewear for people who spend a lot of time online but also complain about strained eyes, headaches, and blurry vision. The technology itself is interesting and worth listening to. But what I really love is the opportunity to chat with David. In 2019, he was on Forbes list of the best 30 under 30 in the manufacturing and industry category, which means he's a young guy who's accomplished an awful lot. We had a really great time chatting. You're going to love to hear his story. But also, if you're somebody that spends time on screens, you might want to definitely check out the product. So, let's go ahead and quit talking about David. Let's talk to him, you know what to do. Buckle up, it's time to hit the road. Welcome to the Boss Builder Podcast. David Roger, welcome to the show. It's
1: good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad we could do this. This is a very interesting time, and I appreciate you carving time out for us today. You know, we like to be able to share success stories with our audience, especially now in a time where a lot of people are struggling and they're under stress, and I think everybody loves a winner, and you are a winner. And what's most special is that you have won at a very young age, and your story inspired me. And I would really like for you to tell us about your story, but I also want to know about your technology that you're involved with too. So David, just tell us about your journey. Tell us how everything got to where it is today.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, Phil Spray uh, is an eyewear company. Uh, Our products are set to really to mitigate a lot of the negative effects of being in front of screens all day. So whether that's, you know, the headaches, the dry eyes, the eye fatigue, the blurry vision that you might experience, or the sleep issues you might face at night. um, A lot of that has to do with what screens produce, namely blue light, which is high energy light that comes off of screens and glare, which is unnecessary feedback that enters into our eye. We have a proprietary technology that really is the best way of filtering blue light, eliminating glare. So you can create this great, comfortable experience in front of the screen. You can do what you love to do, but you can be comfortable in the process. Um, it all started, I was working for the CEO of Zappos, Tony Shea, on his project to revitalize downtown Las Vegas, which is where Zappos is based. Uh, it was called Downtown Project. And essentially, he put in $350 million of his own money into this project. And when I got there, uh, the project was about 8, 10 months old. And we had these multi-million dollar projects going on. We had no idea if they were going to make money or lose money. And I came in, my job was to figure that out. If they were going to lose money, how to tweak the concepts, make them make money. If they were going to make money, great. And I was right at school. I like kind of got thrown into it, learned how to build a lot of financial models in Excel. We were building a lot of food and beverage, so a lot of restaurants and bars. Very awesome job to have right out of college. Um, But it didn't mean that I was in front of namely Excel for like 12 hours a day. And my eyes started to absolutely kill me. And so I and started to, to look around. And a lot of my friends and coworkers were experiencing these same symptoms. Their you know, eyes would be dry at the end of the day, or they get a nagging headache around 4 or 5 p.m. Their eyes would be exhausted by the end of the day. And so I started wondering why that's the case and started talking to optometrists and ophthalmologists and learned that a lot of this has to do with what screens produce, namely, like I mentioned, blue light and glare. So if you could filter blue light and eliminate glare, you could actually create a more comfortable experience in front of the screen. Except that at the time, the only stuff that was available... Truly, it was glasses that made you look like one of the X-Men. Um, they were like orange, yellow lenses. The frames looked like hunting goggles. And it was something that I didn't feel comfortable wearing. And I know many of my colleagues and friends didn't want to wear that either. So the thought initially was, well, how do you combine fashion with function? How do you have a lens that looks like a normal lens, but can effectively filter blue light, effectively eliminate glare without that tint? And how do you create a you know beautiful set of frames with high quality materials so that your eyes can, you know, feel good, but you can feel good. You can feel can feel you can feel good. You can feel confident in what you're wearing as well, um, and that was really important to us. So we ended up developing this proprietary techn- technology, which today is still the most effective way of having a clear lens that can effectively filter blue light. We filter. of the blue light range that really matters. Screens produce most blue light around 455 nanometers. We produced about 30, we filled about 30% there. Other competitors filled about only two to 3% in that range. So it's really important distinction. Um, And then we use frames, you know, high quality materials from Italy, from Germany, um, Italian acetate, German metals. And we design our frames. Ultimately, we like to say classic with a modern twist and above all timeless. And what that means for us is we want you to feel comfortable in your glasses Today or in three years from now and feel just as good. And for us, that's very, very important. So, combining that design aesthetic, that lens aesthetic of a clear lens with something that's highly effective, you know, nine in 10 people who wear folks, Gray report significant improvement after wearing it. Um, you know, those two things are really, really critical for us to have a product that people love. And then at the end of the day, you know, we want to wrap that all up in a brand story. And for us, What's most important is how do we help you live a happier, a healthier and a more productive life in today's screen world?
0: Yeah, well, that is certainly the world that we've lived in. And of course, many of us now are living it exclusively. You know, I'm not even really in front of, uh, you know, human beings in person anymore. So it's like it's really timely. And I want to ask you more about the technology I have some specific questions about the glasses themselves. But you didn't go to college with this vision of you would have this eyewear technology, did you?
1: (laughs) No, I, uh, so I initially went to school uh, to, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And so the program that I was in at Cornell uh, is very suited for uh, going into law school. About my sophomore year, I started realizing that that wasn't the impact that I wanted to end up having. I wanted to really be able to roll up my sleeves and build things. I started just getting obsessed with the idea of, of, of building. This was you know, still back uh, at a time, 2009, 2010, where we're coming out of the recession, and there was you know this huge burst in uh, technology startups driven by uh, mobile phones, uh, particularly the iPhone, um, and I just really got hooked on that, and so I ended up. Kind of, it's hard to have a career in entrepreneurship, but I kind of had had that, I guess, to an extent. I started a, a newspaper um, in my uh, junior year of college. I ended up joining a fellowship program right after college called Venture for America, which is essentially Teach for America, but applied to startups. So you go and work at different startups um in areas that are more used to brain drain than, than others. So like, you're not going to New York or San Francisco, you're going to Cincinnati or Detroit, or in my case, downtown Las Vegas, which is how I got connected with downtown project. So, you know, for me it was always just wanting to build great things and solve problems, particularly for on the consumer side. I really like the consumer side of the business and, um, You know, I always say that if Felix Grey had existed when I was looking to buy a pair of glasses to help with blue light and glare, like I would never have started Felix Grey. And it was just after two years of that still not happening, I kind of just said at one point, okay, I should take the jump.
0: What differs, I mean, I think what makes you different from a lot of people is that a lot of people complain about a thing and then they just find other people who can complain with them. You had a problem and you decided you were going to go and get after it. I mean, it sounds like you threw all of your weight behind it. Were you always this driven?
1: Uh, I would say I always, I definitely want to always have an impact. If if I am really excited about the problem that we're, I'm working on, if I see that it's helping people, you know, the best part of my day is still like the reviews that we get, the thank you notes we get. You know, if I see that, that's, it's really hard to not want to, it, to it's really hard to not be driven by that, to want to build something awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's great. You tell me about the paper that you started and all this. When you were younger, did um, did your parents push you in this direction or did your parents kind of say, what's wrong Not with this kid? All. I mean, I ask, these, I ask these questions because, I mean, I look at you and I think, God, what have I done with my life? At a young age, you have figured this out. And I just, I want to know what's the secret. I mean, I mean it just amazes I, me. I
1: guess, you know, my mentality has always been, I don't like to accept status quo. I don't like to accept a, a norm just because it is a norm. I've never even been like the best person, you know, reading directions. And I would, you know, I remember there was a time like in sixth grade where I didn't read the, the, the question was very weirdly phrased. I answered incorrectly and I was like, I don't like, this is a stupid way of posing the question. And that's like kind of how I, you know, I was arguing it. I've never been someone to kind of just like take something and accept it. And I think that that has definitely been very helpful as I've pursued a, you know, building you know companies and building solutions it's something that uh, I think is, is a perspective I've always had. Um, but I do think that you know lots of people have different things that they're not super happy with. they think could be different. And I think that it's important to recognize those things as opportunities and not just something that to be frustrated with. There actually might be a really interesting way for you to then have an impact in this world by addressing that concern.
0: Who do you surround yourself with? Are, are there people that you hang with that are like you that just sort of have this curiosity about things or um, it just I'm just kind of interested? So
1: I definitely love being around curious people. I also like being around laid back people. So I don't think that it's I don't think it's necessary to be, you know, so, you know, like, I don't know, kind of sharp edged, uh, I guess, if you put it. Um, in order to be successful, in order to, to build something amazing, I think you can have a deep respect for people, um, and a deep respect for curiosity. And I end up really vibing well with, with those types of people, people who want to be successful, who are driven, but they're, you know, not letting that be their end all be all. They're also realizing that there's other things in life that they, you know, to enjoy, um, besides work and you know as long as you're staying curious and exploring just every option out there i mean those are interesting people and that that really doesn't just mean like a lot of my friends are not entrepreneurs Uh, i don't just surround myself with you know a bunch of other people and in tech and and brands and d2c type stuff um you know my fiance's uh in veterinary school so like complete opposite end um But she's still very curious, very driven, but, you know, again, in a laid back manner.
0: Did your experience at Zappos influence the way that you run your company now and including, you know, how you deal with employees and how you staff or anything like that? It's a
1: great question. So when um, I was part of Downtown Project, so Downtown Project was separate of, of Zappos, but they were both implementing this idea of this at the time it kind of failed but this idea of holacracy which is essentially everyone is their own owner and there's no specific boss it's kind of a, it's a weird concept but one of the takeaways that i took from that was that people should be the master of their own domains and they actually have much more insight and expertise and understanding and perspective than you know their boss might be about a specific thing so like a good example is you know inventory planning i Lean very heavily on our FP&A and inventory planner to tell me a lot of the things about how we should be handling inventory instead of telling him how to do stuff. And that's because you know I have to respect that he has more experience at this point, being in this role and doing this stuff every single day than I do. And he is a master of his domain. Like I expect him to push back if you know I have something that he doesn't think is right. That should be uh, honored and acknowledged. And so I think that. You know, what we do at Felix Gray is we very much believe there's a lot of ownership and there's a lot of responsibility, but that also means that, that you should feel very comfortable managing up and not just expecting to be managed down.
0: Do you find that people struggle a little bit, especially if you were to have an employee that was maybe a little bit older and had more technical experience? Do they have a problem with um, being able to have you just defer to that? Cause it seems like it would be really strange for me to have a, a boss that was a lot younger and ask me to push back on that young boss.
1: Do they have trouble with that? Um, I don't think so. I think that speaks to the culture that we've built. Uh, we have um, this principle that's wrapped around what we like to call productive discourse. So like there should always be like arguing is good as long as it's, d- it's done in a respectful way. You know, at Felix Gray, you know, what's key is that everyone leaves their ego at the door and we're all working for like the best possible work product. And so once you do that, it opens up a lot of abilities to have conversations where it's not political. It really is, how do we get the best product for Felix Gray? And as long as people are committed on that front, that's critical. And it allows you to have that discourse. And when you feel that that is truly accepted by everyone at the company, And that starts, you know, from top down. Then you don't really have that awkwardness about bringing things up because it's just part of the daily routine.
0: Yeah, well, I love that principle of ownership, and uh, it sounds like it's it's a good structure. I mean, it sounds like it really works for you. Is it difficult to find good employees? Are you? Do you? And I mean, now of course all the rules have been rewritten with what's going on with the pandemic. But you know, it wasn't but three or four months ago that employers were just scratching for the best employees H- had you had trouble with that finding the right culture fit
1: so it's important to find the right culture fit right the best person for the job doesn't mean that they're the best person for the company um, I would say that we have a very we've honed in our interview process pretty significantly and we feel very comfortable with it I think there's always great people out there I think if you have a great place that people enjoy coming to work that that's kind of known. And so that, that helps as a recruiting tool. Um, people are excited to, to join a company that's not only younger and doing a lot of things and allows you to have responsibility, but really as a culture that, you know, is, is supportive. Mm. And so I would say that, you know, it's, it's never easy to find talent by any means. Um, you know, we lean on recruiters, we lean on our own networks, we lean on job advertising, um, But at the end of the day, we have a system in place where we feel very comfortable vetting candidates and we feel uh, very comfortable bringing those candidates into a way, into a system that allows them to be successful.
0: Yeah. And then I guess for retention, if you find that proper fit, I don't know if anybody would want to leave something like that. Yeah, we've
1: had a couple people leave, but that's mostly like, you know, wanting to move back to the West Coast and things like that. Um, And I felt very... Proud that those have been really open conversations. We still stay, you know, my co founder Chris, you know, myself, other people on the team, we still stay in touch with those people. And I think that that is really important that we've built this culture where there's a lot of trust. We want people to be successful in their careers. Sometimes that means, you know, leaving Felix Gray. We want people to be successful in their own life pursuits. And sometimes that means leaving New York, which means leaving Felix Gray. And you know, I think that that recognition that, you know, things aren't always perfect and we're ultimately want to be supportive allows us to have really good relationships, even with the people that have left the company, which, you know, is some of the stuff I'm most proud about.
0: That's great. Well, in terms of your culture then, so, you know, I guess if I worked, if I owned a fitness company, I would expect my employees to work out, right? So if I'm working for Felix Gray's, is there things that you put into place for people to protect their eyes using your technology? I mean, is it pretty much that you guys live what you sell?
1: I, I mean, everyone wears uh, their Felix Grace um, and it's, it's fun, you know, during um, it, it's fun when new people come on because, you know, part of the onboarding process is, is people have a lot of fun being able to choose what what frames they get to wear. And, you know, it's, it's kind of like a mini shopping experience and really at the end of the day, Felix Gray is for everyone, you know, whether it's, you know, if you're working at Felix Gray you're going to be in front of a screen for, you know, 10 plus hours a day. And so you're going to want the product. So it's really nice that like every single one of our employees is also a customer But it is really fun to have that onboarding experience where people get to then have some fun about trying what style fits them best.
0: That's nice. Well, you know, I I looked at the website and I thought, you know, there's even some styles that an old guy (laughs) like me would want to wear. How how does it work when, like for me, I have prescription lenses? How would that work? Sure, so we
1: offer uh, non-prescription. We also offer prescription. So we can handle almost every prescription there is. We can fill 99% of all prescriptions. And essentially what you do is, you upload your prescription, and then you upload a picture of yourself so we can measure the distance in between your pupils so we can provide really the best possible prescription. We will do all that assembly, all that prescription work in the US and fulfill it right out of our optical lab uh, in California. And it'll ship to your door. Usually takes about seven to 10 days.
0: Man, that's great. And now would you have a different pair for Uh, like reading in your bed at night, or would it be the same? Are they like the progressive lenses where the tint changes or how does that work? So
1: we, we offer non-prescription. A lot of people who have 2020 or have contacts they can buy. We have readers for people who um, may need uh, a reading strength to to be able to read up close. And then we have prescription lenses. We're actually working on progressive. So it's something that's in the works. Um, As we, launch more and more uh, abilities for people to try and feel spray in person. So um, we have a store that soft launched in California in Silicon Valley right now it's on hold because of everything that's going on with the pandemic, but we launched that store and we have a couple other things in the works partnership with CVS um, some other things that are going on CVS optical specifically. And, you know, those are abilities to actually try and glasses in person. When you have that ability, then we can start actually offering the progressive lens We really need to measure that stuff in person to get to make sure you have a good progressive lens. So, you know, right now the product offerings are, you know, single vision prescription, non-prescription and readers. But, you know, look for progressives this year.
0: Wow. Well, you've sold me on readers for sure, because that's what I tend to do is kind of read before I go to bed. So tell me again, how does a person know that they have got an issue and needs this product? What are some of the key symptoms again? So,
1: um... A lot of people experience eye fatigue, so their eyes are just tired, exhausted at the end of the day. Um, other people will get a headache. And generally, it happens later in the day. There will be people get dry eyes, and then other people, their vision will be a little bit blurry. Those are kind of the four main symptoms of what gets categorized as digital eye strain. Now, there's also another aspect, which is people who can't fall asleep as easily uh, at night. Blue light is clinically shown to prevent melatonin secretion. So it, it actually hinders that process. If you think about it, blue light also comes from the sun. And so when we were you know cavemen, cave women, we get out of our caves, you know, there would be the sun, blue light would be part of that, the, the sun, we would stay up. So our melatonin would be suppressed. And then, you know, it gets dark. We go back into our cave, melatonin starts secreting into our body, gets us tired. We go to sleep at a normal hour. Now where we've, you know, have phones, we have tablets, we have our TVs, we've brought the sun kind of indoors. And so we're tricking our bodies to thinking that it should still be suppressing melatonin secretion. So we actually developed a special product specifically for that, which is actually a tinted version. It's a tinted lens. That's a sleep product. And that's clinically shown to improve melatonin secretion by two times, which is uh, really cool. It's a second product that we sell. It's something that a lot of our customers were interested in continuing to also improve their sleep habits and uh, make sure that blue light wasn't something that was jeopardizing that. And so it was a secondary product that we created.
0: What would be the long-term effect? So if I did not address this issue, I mean, what would I might experience 10, 20 years from now when my eyesight's already going bad, would that really accelerate things? So
1: the long-term effects are still not fully studied. A lot of what is in the works right now, there are studies that show that overexposure to blue light could potentially lead to macular degeneration. Basically, what that means is, which is kind of scary, is blindness. The macula yeah. is in the retina. And, you know, blue light lives at the very highest frequency end of the visible light spectrum. So, right next to blue light is UV light, is ultraviolet light. And we know that UV light harms our skin, it harms our cornea. That's why we wear sunglasses, with UV protection. There's a lot of, thoughts out there that blue light and overexposure to that will also damage our eyes, particularly on the retina side. And so it's not by any means definitive. I think we're in the early, early days of figuring this stuff out. I mean, if you think about it, people thought smoking was good for us until like the 80s. So <laughs> Doctors would recommend their favorite exactly. brand. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think we're still very early on. Uh, we can't discount it by any means, but we by no means, we want to be very, very straightforward about that with, with our customers and with just the general public that, look, this is something that's potentially a problem, but we cannot say that definitively. We don't want to be a scare tactic brand by any means, and we do want to just give as much honest information as possible. So there's studies that have been done uh, in vitro um, in some animal studies, but nothing's conclusive, and I still think that that's going to take us a long time, but- Wearing blue light glasses does not hurt by any means, right? So it's not like wearing this stuff will end up bothering you in some way or another or having a negative effect down the road. It really is something that only, is, you know, it only has upside protection if that's something that you are concerned about.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to lean to the side of conservative and say, I'm not going to wait around to find out if my eyes go bad. I'm just going to take care of it now. So that's important to me. Now, I just have two more questions for you, David. Um, One of them, and I'm not going to even ask you specifics, but you're a curious guy. Do you have some things in mind that need David's magic tweaking?
1: You mean just just things?
0: Just like in general, beyond even what you're doing now. You're a guy that looks for problems that need solving. I'm not going to ask you what, but have you identified things? I
1: think that there are other things, you know, I I always think that things could improve or why is something that way. But I will say my mental energy is very much consumed on what are the ways that we can continue to improve Felix Gray and improve the digital experience for, for for our customers and for our audience, right? So how do we create how do we continue to further our mission of helping people live happier, healthier, and more productive lives in today's Screenful World. That's what takes up most of my mental capacity, but I, I wouldn't be, I would be lying if I said that there weren't other ideas that end up, you know, popping in my head, I write them down, and then I go back to focusing on FG.
0: No, I think that's a discipline, and I really am glad you said that because I think that there's a perception that there are some people that all they do is look for things and then they jump all back and forth. But you are a guy that's truly all in, and uh, that's wise. So here's here's my last question for you. Right now, there will be seniors in high school who will not have a prom or a formal graduation, and there are college seniors who are getting ready to graduate and won't have that formal thing. There's been people with internships that are canceled and also uh, maybe switched to virtual. And so from someone who is not all that far removed from those milestones in your life, what advice would you give to someone who right now is thinking, man, I got Delta really shitty hand of cards here.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sucks. (laughs) If I had to miss, if I, if I were, you know, Both my senior year of high school and um, my senior year of college, particularly at the tail end, were such good times in my life. It's like, it's a huge bummer. Um, And I, you know, first, if you're one of those people and you're listening, I'm very sorry. (laughs) Um, But, you know, there's there's opportunity to, I think the most limited resource at the end of the day is time. I think that's, you know, a lot of people say that, but a lot of people don't actually live that and, and believe that. And right now we're getting a lot of time. And so it's an opportunity to work on something that whether it's work-related or it's just a random skill that you want to get better at, it's an opportunity to get into that. So like beyond Felix Gray and, you know, me diving, you know, continue to dive in on that front and us being, you know, very busy, it is a product that does fit our new quarantine screen-filled lifestyle. You know, I've been focused a lot on Continuing to get better as a cook, and like I'm cooking pretty arduous and 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 pretty uh, you know significant recipes and tweaking recipes and coming up with my own stuff. I'm doing that you know four or five times a, a week, which has been a it's been a lot of time, but it's been really rewarding. Um, and then I also to be able like I'm big into getting into the outdoors. I haven't really been able to do that, but I got into road biking. I can at least leave my apartment in New York, wear a mask, and And, you know, go bike and do a 30, 50 mile bike ride. And that's been a hobby that I've been getting into as well. So, you know, during this time, you know, not only have been, you know, continue to be focused on Phil's Gray, but for me, I was like, well, what do I want to do with my time? I want to learn a new hobby in in bike riding. And I want to improve my ability as a, as a cook to, to really get better and better at that skill set. And so that's what I'm doing with my time, you know, during quarantine. Yeah,
0: that's great. Well, where can our audience find out more about the technology? Where can they go to check out the frames and all of those things?
1: Yeah, so if you go to uh, shopfelixgray.com, that's S-H-O-P-F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y.com, or you can just Google Felix Gray, um, you'll come across our website. Uh, It walks through all the frame styles that we have. Um, You know, we're using Italian acetate, German metals, as I mentioned. It talks through a lot of the lens technology. If you want to really understand why our lens technology is better than other brands out there, you could go to shopphilixgraycom slash not all blue light, um, which is essentially just walking through the different ways to filter blue light, particularly in clear lenses and why most that stuff is ineffective and you're paying for placebo. We also have amazing chat functionality on the site. So if you want to talk to a real human, you can do that on the site or you could email help at shopfelixgray.com and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you have or send us a DM on social. Excellent.
0: Well, David, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. I know these are some challenging times you're running the the, the company and uh, giving us 30 minutes of your time has been a true gift. So thank you so much for that. And Best of luck as you guys continue to grow this business and grow this brand and you continue to look for ways to change the world.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And just, you know, everyone, please stay safe uh, during this, these crazy times. Well, thanks for tuning in to
0: another episode of the Boss Builder podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you in the role and struggling, and even those of you who are thinking about one day making the important transition to management. This podcast is just one resource we have. If you check out our website at greatbosstools.com, you can view some other resources we have there. We'd love to have you as part of our courses. If you're listening to this podcast on any podcast app, we'd also appreciate you taking a few moments to give us a review. Positive, of course, it really helps us out. So with that, take care and get out there and make it your goal to be the absolute best boss ever.